Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast. So who's going to win PFA Player of the Year? Jordan Henderson, Sadio Mane, Virgil van Dijk? Well, here's another question for you. Why does it need to be a Liverpool player necessarily? Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne is one of the favourites, rightfully, but we discuss whether or not too much emphasis is put on team performances when it comes to individual awards. And will we ever see another Tottenham, where a team without the help of an oil-rich oligarch drags themselves out of the mire of mediocrity and into the upper echelons of the European elite? Is there a realistic, sustainable way clubs can achieve this, or are the Ajaxes and Monacos and Leicesters of this world forever doomed? Find out what we think in a bit. And as always, feel free to let us know what you think afterwards on Twitter. Get in touch with us at Edge of the Box Pod. I'm your host, Harry Brent. Yeah, what are your thoughts on the uh, next round of Champions League being knockout, straight knockout? You've just reminded me that it's straight knockout. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean... Is it not two legs? I think I prefer it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the next, so they obviously got to finish off the previous round, but after that, it's going to be straight knockout. It's only one... No, I don't think I like that. And what, do, the, do you draw a home team and then an away team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah, it's just a one-off game, so there's no second legs. But, there's, yeah. you know, there's not going to be any fans, or they say there's not going to be yeah, any Yeah, so I guess home advantage. There's potentially, and, guess, there's potentially there might be some fans allowed in certain yeah. stadiums, but if, if it's going to be a one-leg game, there shouldn't be allowed, allowed any fans, then it's more neutral. Yeah, so yeah like, there's no, no fans, but there's still, oh. like... They still have to travel over Europe. Yeah, there's still going to be a potential jet. Then that, that, that's the case in the FA Cup, isn't it? When you you have a you luck of the draw, if you get drawn away, then you know. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's different, like driving up from like I don't know Birmingham to <laughs> well, Manchester. No, would, you propose, would you propose a, like a neutral stadium in between, so they both have to travel? No, because obviously you wouldn't be able to do that with the obviously with all the pandemic regulations and stuff. It would it, it'd be like the least safe thing to do to have another yeah, yeah just another place <laughs> welcoming people from two faster <laughs> yeah but no like yeah if that weren't a thing and the fans were still not there for some reason that would still like a neutral set or they could play it like a little like because obviously it's, it's getting played over like a few days isn't it they could have like a little boot camp thing. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're doing in the NBA. They're doing like <laughs> it's not going to be no domestic football, on this they've got every they've got every NBA team in Disneyland, and they're basically making like NBA world where every team stays there. Yeah. They play in certain courts, certain bubbles to finish the season as as, as quick as possible. And like oh, with it's, it's like BR football's the Champions League house. Practically, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst. Uh, that's the worst thing about Champions League not being there is the VR football videos not being there. Yeah, I think I think ultimately it's it's the right thing given the circumstances that you make it one leg, especially because you don't want to start going too far into the new season. It's unfortunate, um, particularly for like you know, because you can you can you know just have bad games do happen and it does feel a bit unfair to have like you know. As much as you like the, the thrill of knockout competitions, like the one, you know, what is it called? The magic of the FA Cup, giant killers and stuff. But ultimately, <clears throat> I think the Champions League is a bit different. You want to know who the best team in Europe is. You don't want Atalanta. As much as it'd be great to have Atalanta winning it, like, and don't get me wrong, I'd, en- I'd enjoy that. Like, if and with that- the Ballon d'Or, you want, you want to know who's the best player in the world. Yeah, the Ballon d'Or, man, that's just such a strange move. Cop out. I'd happily, I'd happily have them cancel the, the 
Premier League Player of the Year, though, just so Hendo doesn't have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Brown would get it anyway. <laughs> so he was in for a shout from Alan Noah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found it, so, it so funny. There was a picture like the Premier League Player of the Season. You had Henderson, and then behind him, Mane and Kevin De Bruyne. It's like, how is he sitting in the same bracket as these two players? People, uh, people are sheep and people are stupid. People don't watch don't watch football. They just listen to what other people say about football. They're listening to the the finger pointing. <clears throat> of Jordan Henderson. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Oh, vote for me. Listening to the finger. <laughs> uh, yeah, and again, like, look, it, it's one of those things when there's no there's not been one particular outstanding um, Liverpool player that. Um, you know, it, it, so it makes it a bit more justifiable to have some, you know, have like a representative of them and go, this guy, you know, he's been, you know, one of the most important players. But I guess that brings me quite nicely onto one of my points, which is, do you think, let me just find it, where have I written it down, just so I don't screw up the, the thing. Um, do you think there's too much emphasis on team um, achievements and team performances when it comes to handing out individual awards in football? I was having this conversation today with um, my girlfriend's brother, and yeah. we were talking about obviously the Ballon d'Or being cancelled and who should win it. Who should win it? Yeah. But obviously, we mentioned Lewandowski. So obviously, what's it? He's got like how many goals in forty-three uh, games? He's got like fifty-one. Yeah, like fifty-one goals yeah. in forty-three games. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Like almost every award there is to win in a season as a player. Yeah. And um, talk about like. What have Bayern done? Obviously, they've won the they've won the German Cup. They've won the Bundesliga and stuff. Obviously, yeah. they're expected to do that. And then, uh, if they if they and they're in the Champions League, so that would be possible. But then you're looking at like Messi would Messi win it again? And Barcelona have done nothing this season. You'd still say Messi is quite mm. quite high up in the ranking for you know the mm. Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Like, you'd say he's easily breaking into the top five just because he's Messi. When Barcelona have done nothing, <laughs> but, but do you think do you think that's wrong then? That yeah, I think that's wrong. Right, I, th- I think an individual award like should solely be based on how well the individual. Oh, so sorry, you think that? Yeah, sorry, so you think Messi sorry, being in sorry. there is right? Yeah, okay, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <clears throat> what about what about you guys? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree because you know sometimes it can work in sometimes it can work in the favour of that kind of player. So, like, regarding Messi, again, even though Barcelona haven't done much, he's been the, like, the most consistent standout player, like, obviously he always has been at Barcelona, but it just highlights how good he actually is that he's doing mm. it. And Barcelona only, well, I said only just, but, you know, they, they came second and they're not had, like, the best of season, but imagine Barcelona playing without <clears> Messi and not having his influence on the team, like, they might be even further down in the La Liga, so... I don't think there's a lie about it. Yeah, he he is that team. Yeah, he, well, well, yeah he, he, he said that they're weak, didn't he? Yeah, he's he's been a bit of a whingy whingy boy recently, but yeah, um, can understand it, I suppose. But yeah, I don't. I don't no, know. no, he might start winning something with Argentina now. But yeah, the turn of events. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not got he's not got a, a long long time left there yet, has he? Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's thirty three. Thirty three. I mean, he's not. Like you know, obviously he wants to win more things, but he's, he's very critical of everyone involved. I mean, he bleeds Barcelona, and uh, yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't want to burn out. He wants to, you know, go out, go out, go out on a high. Yeah, 
It must be tough, it, but there's all that sort of weird tension going on in, with the board and Eric Abadal saying some strange things. Um, there's been a lot of, um, I think there was, I think the squad were quite angry when, um, uh, I've already forgotten his bleeding name, um, former former manager, uh, what's his name? Valverde. Valverde. I was going to call him Villanova. I was like, I know it's not Villanova. <laughs> um, Valverde was sacked. I think, I, think he, I think he was quite popular. I'm not really sure why. I never blown away by the Valverde team um, but yeah I, I, you can understand to, to, to an extent why, why he's making, making all these, this noise um, but yeah I was just thinking about, about it you know because obviously the, it seems to be for the Premier League player of the year anyway I know there's a lot of Liverpool names talk, being talked about but yeah it'll, it'll either be a Liverpool player or Kevin De Bruyne uh, seems like it anyway and it just made me think like yeah, like what, why why should why do we have this kind of insistence that obviously you see the way Liverpool have performed and you think as a team they've been brilliant but I don't think that that's what individual awards are for I don't think they need to be taken into it you know if let's say um, if you know if, if Danny Ings had got 30 goals you know rather than 20 goals which would have been an absolutely brilliant you know thing not that 20 goals isn't brilliant uh, you know hasn't he outscored everyone basically uh, I think he's in a certain got, period of time. <laughs> he may, yeah, he may well have done in a in a period. I don't, not I don't to know sound like much. David Moyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, just because Southampton are mid mid table shouldn't discount, yeah. you know, his 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 achievement. I think De Bruyne has had individually a better season than any Liverpool player. Uh, so you know, certainly you know because he's a lot better than 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 the players he's being compared with. Um. And I just think it would be a shame if, if he didn't get the recognition for that just because his team has had a bad, se- a, you know, a comparatively worse uh, worse season. But you see it a lot. Like I was looking at the Ballon d'Or um, winners and stuff, and the majority of the time, it's they, 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 the player who wins it has either won the Champions League or an international to- tournament that year. Um, so, and I, I just yeah. don't know whether I agree with that. But at the same time, it's 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 that what stops, say like Ronaldo, yeah, yeah. He he could he could go off to like MLS right now, score eighty goals in one season. Yeah, and you're like, oh yeah, but he's scored eighty goals in one season, and he's won every like you know. Yeah, I know. I I take your point. I don't think I, I don't think I mean that you just take individual yeah yeah, yeah. performances Not above stats. everything else. Yeah. But but like if. You know, you would have to contextualize that. If Ronaldo did that in La Liga or something, or yeah. Premier League or something, then there would be precedent to say that, that um, sorry, evidence to say that, yeah, that's that is worth it. But if he did it in the, the MLS, well, the MLS is just not a good enough league. Plus, if he did it in the MLS, um, he wouldn't. Um, no one would know about it. It would couldn't. I don't think he can win the Ballon d'Or because <laughs> yeah. the Ballon d'Or is the European. European-based. Um, but I take like a, a lower league. Yeah, yeah uh, but if he's doing it in a in a rubbish league, that or you know, for, for one of a better word, then I don't think it, I don't you know I don't think that just because you're scoring a load of goals doesn't mean doesn't mean much. What is it the, the like, is it individual performances would, would be brilliant? Yes, but again, it's got to be it's it's got to be relevant. So if um, yeah, you could go to the Conference South and score 150 goals, but it wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't make him the best player in Europe. <laughs> Or, or he might, you know, if, if he literally just had the, got the ball every game and was just didn't ever, didn't ever get rid of the ball, you know, did like <laughs> your, yeah. And then, then that could be worth it. But 
like you know when um um obviously with i mean modric won it in um in 2018 and obviously yeah. you guys know how much of a fan i am of modric um but again it did kind of feel like well okay if, if i know croatia didn't win the world cup but getting to the final well. and obviously he won the um the champions league as well with with real madrid it kind of just felt like oh he you know he go here's an award for you being part of two teams that did well rather than you have been better than messi and ronaldo this year um and similarly i think with the messi thing so it seems like you know it was the Ballon d'Or was kind of felt a bit up in the air, like who's going to win it. And um, as you said, because with Messi, you think, oh, Barcelona not really done that well. But actually, if you, first of all, if you watch Barcelona, you will see that Messi is still playing brilliantly every more or less every single game. But secondly, he's he's still top scorer in La Liga. He's broken Xavi's assist record for the for La Liga this year. What else has he done? He's um, just reached one thousand goal career goal contributions. Yeah, and all this sort of stuff. Like he's, you know, he's he's basically still the same incredible player. And that, that Barcelona team, I'm not have not, you know, have declined so far. And I'm telling you, without without him there, they would they would be a lot. Further Do you not down. think it would be a blessing in disguise potentially when Messi leaves? Because I Barcelona. think. Yeah, because he he is Barcelona, like he is just Barcelona hands down. But I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure on him, and I think that maybe takes a lot of responsibility away from the other players as well. Because it's like Messi's going to bail us out, Messi's going to score, but if he's away from that. It almost means that everyone else has to sort of almost elevate themselves to a higher level yeah. to make Barcelona great again. So I think it'll be obviously a sad day. He's a, a cult hero, a legend there. But I think mm. oh, it's it's a sort of transformative year for them when he does leave because they're going to have to almost rebuild again. Mm. I don't I don't think anything's stopping them from from building that club up while he's there. But I take your point. If he was to go, they would they would need to step up. But mm. I would say it gives them more of an opportunity to because Messi's gone, we have to seriously, you know. Yeah. Do, do make some changes similarly See, to I when I think that if Messi went they would definitely make changes in like hiring him as some kind of like role at the club like director of football or something yeah so I, I, I think changes would come about because of him and he would be making the changes you reckon he's got a, I, I, I reckon I reckon Messi will just go and live in the like Argentina live in the Argentina no I think he's I think he's going to be at Barcelona for the rest <laughs> of his life Raise some goats. I, I, I don't. I don't see him being anybody over there. Like afterwards, I think. I don't know. He, he's 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 basically in charge anywhere. Right, if you look at it, he does. He, he does. He throws his weight like in, in like the, the the funniest term ever. <laughs> like he does throw his weight about. I know he don't wear much, but he throws his weight about because he is messy and he gets what he wants. Yeah, but they're not winning though, are they? Like they're not as a team. They're they're a shadow of the for themselves, aren't they? So. And what, and what is what what is Messi getting what he wants in in that? I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying I disagree, but but like, you know, the whole saga that this summer was that he wanted he didn't want Griezmann, he wanted Neymar, and that yeah. didn't happen. Uh, no, didn't. You know, he he obviously would want. I'm sure you know he'd say you know Barcelona need to do this, Barcelona need to spend, Barcelona need to keep Valverde. They didn't do that. Um, didn't, he, just, didn't he fall out with Valverde? I don't know, but but apparently. Apparently, the, the consensus is that Valverde out is bad and Setien in is, is sorry, is, uh, is also bad. 
um but i don't know i like but but i'm always a bit reluctant to believe these stories of like player power particularly when there was load thrown at chelsea for about 10 years but i just but not because of that i think that you know i i doubt in a way that possible you know exception for like neymar where i think stuff like that could well have been written into his contract when he signed but um you know as we've seen the flipping director of um operations at Barcelona was slagging Messi off and saying, you know, and Barcelona players off saying that, you know, and, and I don't, you know, I sort of doubt that there is proper power there, but, but no, he'll definitely have an influence for sure. Yeah. I'd say a bigger influence than most players have. Anyway, <clears throat> oh, well. sure. Yeah, no. And, and obviously they'll, they'll know his value and, and the fact that ultimately like, you know, yeah, and it's written into his contract that he can leave any time he wants. <clears throat> At the end of any season, he, he, like, he can just so, leave. Yeah. How many more seasons do you realistically think he has a Barca? I think I'm sorry, I, th- I think he'll stay out there forever until he retires. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'll retire. I, say, I say 36, he'll retire. So three more years. Three, three more years. Three more years. Not sure, I'd say... I'd say I mean, one more. Season. He's not really showing many sl- signs of slowing down, is it? No, he's not. But I think, I think for me, him making that statement the other day about you know the whole season and the campaign that they've had this season and not being where they are, and how it's basically summed up how you know behind we are as a club and as a team. I think he'd give it one more yeah. season to actually, you know. But he's been he's been very lucky. Like between, I know they've had their ups and like they had it was it Tata Martino didn't have a great season there and stuff. But generally, like Barcelona have in the entire time he's been there, apart from with possible exception of his first couple of years when he was eighteen, nineteen under Rijkaard, Barcelona have been very strong. And like this is the I think this is the only time you can really say Barcelona need to sort it out. And like how many times have we said like Chelsea need to be sorted out and mm-hmm. in, the, in that period? How many times have Arsenal need to be sorted out? Like you know, even like, well, maybe not Real Madrid, but maybe Real Madrid are the only exception. Like, I think Barcelona have been strong enough and it wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, sorted out. I think he might just be slightly worried that, as you say, he's coming to the end. He doesn't want to have to wait three or four years while they sort everything out in order to win stuff again. But, um... Well, I mean, Real Madrid, you say Real Madrid needs sorting out. They have a lot of characters, didn't they? And then they spent a load of money over the summer. So, they, they are trying to sort it out, whereas... Barcelona, the, yeah, they're buying players I, here and there, but they're not really investing in like the future. They're just kind of getting, <clears> you know, quick solutions to big problems. I just think that their their transfer history has been awful. Yeah. <laughs> they they spend a load of money on players that are not good fits or good players. They're not playing after might even play. I don't know who's in charge of their transfers, but and yeah, there's a bit of. Um, limbo with managers and stuff it'd be interesting to see if Xavi uh, ends up coming in because he you know obviously he would be a bit more of a sort of well I say he'd be a bit more of a Barcelona guy this Setien bloke very much plays Croatian football it's just not working mm-hmm. um, but yeah who knows who knows certainly not I right so one of the questions that I have is, is there a way in which selling clubs such as Ajax and Dortmund can keep hold of their top young talent and compete with the likes of Barcelona, Madrid and Bayern Munich and Europe's elite in general to achieve long-term success? Good question. 
Um, I think there's a few parts that you can break down with that. There's a few parts. Like one is are they are they able to keep all their talent? Like, so is there a way in which they'd be able to offer the same wages, the same, like you know, kind of like promises of success that other clubs would, and then like the other bit would be, could they actually be successful and do that going forward? And ask asking is such a good question. <laughs> That's really getting excited. But, um, obviously, that they just have to return their youth very well. So they need like first of all, they, I think a manager would need to come in with quite a a presence about them, like quite a successful manager. I'd say Pochettino would be good. You know, someone yeah. who's got like a philosophy you can really <laughs> buy into that will want the the the, the the best young players to stay around, like this, the, the best young players will want to stay around for the manager mm. because they believe in his way of football, they believe in his tactics and the way he wants to progress forward. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, can he take them to the next level? Not, I mean, he definitely took Tottenham to another level, but it felt that they let Pochettino go because they maybe didn't feel that he could take them to the top level to yeah. maybe challenge for a title. I mean, obviously he got some Champions but League. Do you think? Do you think he couldn't take them to the next level? Me or Ash? Yeah, uh, well, I I feel like I know what Ash thinks, but uh, um, I think given sufficient funds, maybe if he was allowed to be given the money that the likes of Chelsea, City, United, etc. Yeah, but they won't be able to do that, would they? So, I mean, but I mean, what, what, is, what is the next level? Dominating Europe, for like, the title. But they, they I would, think it's they the would... league attraction, personally, that the, 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 the attraction <clears throat> for players to, from Ajax or the German league to then play in the English, Spanish or Italian league, I think that attraction... Is a lot more favourable. Well, as, in, as in, as in, you need to be in one of the big leagues, or, or otherwise. Well, obviously, the German league's quite. The German league's a big league, but you know, predominantly, it's still kind of like two. It's, a, it's a still technically a two-horse race. Well, uh, not well, I don't know. <laughs> Leipzig was there. Yeah, but I mean, come uh, on, I mean, Premier League has been a one-horse race it's, all it's, season. I was going to say, well, yeah, yeah I mean, the Bundesliga is a one-horse race, but well, I'll, 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 yeah, it's, it's it's mainly a one or two-horse race. But I think the fact that other leagues' attraction, maybe the I don't know, just the whole structure of the league itself, and I think it's you know, harder for um, teams that are not in the like. Let's say, let's say Ajax. Um, well, let's not say. Let's let's remember Ajax built build a great team. Or yeah. you know have a good run, and then I just don't think you know they're the, you know they've obviously won the league in 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 um, Holland, and they don't have enough power to without having a load of money like let's say PSG do playing in a playing in a worse league. They don't have enough pulling power to keep those players around them because the lure of other leagues is is mm-hmm. is too enticing. I think you're right. I think you it does definitely help to be in um, to be in a to be in a stronger league. There's like even like Monaco as well. Like that Monaco season. is the same, yeah. But I mean, they because they, they, they like French they, league to farmers league, it's just <clears> awful. <laughs> yeah, could you play in it? I probably could, you know. <laughs> um, no, I think um, I think you're right. Like obviously Monaco had a bit of money, but there was a bit of question exactly how much was there, and they yeah they got completely ripped 
ripped apart as soon as they as soon as they um, as soon as they were there. I think a good example. I mean, the best example I could think of of a, of a and probably the only example of a team that has gone from you know not anywhere near the you know the picture of challenging in Europe to establishing themselves as the team up there is Tottenham. Like it's it, without without getting the you know without getting bought by some billionaire. You're Tottenham are the only side. That I, I think mean, we are, we are on by a billionaire. Yeah, but without this, without you know, what I'm saying without yeah, having, without without, spending, without a, a lot of money being funneled into it. Yeah, like Joe Lewis has owned the owned the club for yeah. twenty years. Like, um, you know, uh, I mean, I know Dortmund obviously um, had a period where they were winning the Bundesliga and challenging for the Champions League, and I know they're not dipped below that. But Dortmund have been a big team for for thirty years. They've been up challenging for the for the title and stuff. Tottenham have got you know, Tottenham have been a a Southampton or a um, uh, who else do we say? Or well, you know, just a lower a lower team and, and taking it. And I I can't really think of any other way that to do it other than just. Uh, I don't mean to sound really bland, but just good management. Like, and not not just not just football management, good business management. Like, because Tottenham were a selling club back in the day. They you know Carrick, um, Berbatov, Robbie Bale. Green, you know who who was a bit even even Bale. I think I think the Bale was a. Yeah, but it was like that transition before when you because you, you sort of, you know, Martin Yoel had a built a built a good little team and then and then you know he left and then that sort of got you yeah. just just below the Champions League and then Redknapp came in took that little bit step further and then you know, obviously complications with him you had a couple of interesting ones and then Poch was the guy to take you even further but at some point you need to you need you can't stay a you can't stay a selling club forever. Because you, because if you continually be a selling club, there's no way I don't, there's no way to keep yourself up there. Because if you, if you make your, if you establish yourself as a stepping stone for players, then they're always going to look to leave. But, it, but I think Tottenham did a really good job of, of saying, no, we're not a stepping stone. You come here because you want to, you know, you see yourself ha- ha- as having having a career here. But it's and tough that's to do that. Like, a, like a, <clears throat> I a manager, you can really believe in you want to play for and you want to succeed for and you don't want to leave here because Ajax. you know something good is being built like that like if you have a manager like that at Ajax yeah. Dom, maybe maybe not Dortmund so much because Dortmund are quite a big club yeah you're right if, if let's say let's say Ajax, let's say Ajax for example if they were in the Prem or La Liga or something they probably would have had a better chance of keeping those players around because as you say the manager is an impressive manager and you know the, the club doesn't have any sort of um, you know uh, what do you call it um, it's, it's, it's a it's a big historic club, so that you know people are gonna people are gonna people are gonna want to go there. Um, but yeah, I, it's just interesting because if if you, I just think yeah, if you stay, it like Southampton have had great youth systems. West Ham have had great you know youth youth players over the over the day, but they continually. You know, if if you if you continually sell your best your best players, you're never you're never going to be able to make that that bridge up. But you can't just say you're not going to sell people because then people won't want to come because they'll know they can't leave. It's interesting. I mean, that's I like, like, how do you break that paradox? Like, so, like, how do you break the paradox of being able to <clears throat> keep your top talent but make enough money to then establish yourself? Because I think like so, you mentioned Tottenham. Because I still think you if if a Madrid came in. With 150 to 100 mil for Kane, he's gone. I don't think he's going to stay. But my point is, how do you become a team where we'll you don't sell your best player? 
yeah, Tottenham would accept it and he would go. I think it's okay. hard to become, while if someone came in for like Messi, Messi wouldn't go. If someone came in for, who's a very good player, like a Lewandowski, but, Lewandowski's not going to leave. Sure, but there's, I, I take, I know, I take your point, and maybe I'm just nitpicking here, but there's very few clubs that if Real Madrid or Barcelona came in for, they wouldn't leave. I mean, Chelsea are not a selling club. That's what I mean. How do, you, how do those smaller clubs become the bigger clubs where no matter who comes in, they're not going to. So gonna, what, what they do is they get their players to sign a new four-year deal every season and just increase the wages by a little bit every year. Yeah, but I don't know, I don't know what voodoo they do at Spurs. You, you won't be able to get players to do that in every club. I don't know how they keep doing it. But yeah, but it does work perfectly. You are getting a constant pay rise and keeping them on a four-year deal. So if you want to keep them for longer, you're, you ha- you're having them for four years guaranteed if you don't want to sell them. Yeah, then spending and more if you money do want to sell them, yeah, and if you do want to sell them, then you're going to get more money because they've got a four-year deal, and you can ask for a higher asking price. So it's perfect. Yeah, but I think if you're spending more money on wages, obviously that, like, budget-wise, you know, you might not have to spend as much money in the transfer window. But then, you know, I think when the you kind of have to build off that success and continue. It's like a bit of a risk to. Oh yeah, we'll increase your yeah, wage. Yeah, yeah. We'll increase everyone's wage, but we need a better season than last season. And like, say, if Monaco, uh, when they won the league or whatever, no, if, if all them people stayed, they'd have to, you know, win it again. And it's mm. just like, would it be possible? It's just like, it, I think it's a big gamble for a lot of clubs to potentially do that, unless it, it's guaranteed to. I'm talking about a massive increase. <laughs> No, no, I know. It's just like, yeah. It's just then will players then get complacent because then they get more money for, you know, basically okay. games. Like I, I think a good example again could be, could even be Leicester when they won the league. Like, I know it was a bit of a fairy tale season. Obviously, like you say, oh, youth wise, it wasn't very. You know, there weren't a lot of youth players in there, but the actual cost of that Leicester team was a fraction in compared to almost every other team in. In the um, in the Premier League, yeah. and then you got Kante that left. Obviously, Mares that left. Drink water. Um, who else? Got, well, Vardy nearly, very nearly did. But I mean, yeah, Vardy that was a, obviously a bit of a kind of freak occurrence. But yeah, I mean, Leicester were an example of where you know they went up, and then basically the vultures came for their their, their good players, basically. Um, mm. But, you know, I mean, Leicester are quite an interesting example to look at because obviously, yeah, when they won the league, Chelsea Chelsea got Kante, Man City eventually got Mares and Vardy nearly left. And, and if we're being honest, sorry, Leicester fans, they were the three good players and, and the rest of them were just along for the ride. Um, but now they've sort of... The, I mean, obviously, their scouting system is ridiculous in the last few years they've built themselves another pretty good team with a lot of players yeah. but, they, but you know the, the, no one is sort of going oh little Leicester we'll go and you know vulture ourselves into them I know you know I guess Leicester met potentially quite a good example of, of how to do it if you know it, if somebody comes in for for one of your players with r- ridiculous amount of money like with Maguire you know use that but you know I, I think they're bit they they don't have Leicester don't have anyone that you necessarily go they're too big for Leicester and need to go they've they've in the same way, when when Tottenham were building their team, there was no. He sold Bale because it was like his stature was above, was above that, and that's fair enough. But then in came there was all all these sorts of players who felt like you know their 
trying to trying to explain this without it sounding just like a, a load of rubbish but they're sort of um, stature would build with with Tottenham, and I think Pochettino was a was the perfect person to sort of see that through because he could get the very best out of them, and potentially Brendan Rodgers could could do the same for um, for Leicester because they've got about at least four, four or five players who you could see going to better clubs, but you don't you can't see them going oh yeah they're just going to get ripped apart this summer like Leicester have got a good system mm. now. Yeah, I think I think the way that Leicester have done it is probably the the way that. The clubs like Ajax and potentially Dortmund should be. I think Dortmund have been doing it for quite a while. Well, obviously they have been doing it for quite a while. Same with Ajax, but I think they're a good example of how they're doing it, and they're still staying in like the top, you know, competitions mm. and you know challenging for the competitions. Like there was that season where was it the All German final? Oh, 2013. Yeah. I just think, like, since then, obviously, a lot of people, think, you know, go, well, half them players got bought by Bayern Munich or over the next three or four yeah. seasons they got bought by Bayern Munich. But the fact that they've just reinvested it in that, like, I think it, since the arrival of Sancho All, that, all well, that money from Lewandowski. Yeah, I think since the arrival, since the arrival of like Sancho and it was free. English players coming across, I think that they're doing the best. Yeah, they, they, the best they've thing. got it. I think they're trying to do what... what Dortmund are technically doing where they'll They've sell out a good odd system. player. But sorry, yeah, no, okay. Yeah, they'll, they'll sell out the odd player a, a very reasonable price. Yeah. And then they'll invest that money in, in a player that costs a fraction like Jude Billingham is obviously Jude from Birmingham. Birmingham. You know, <laughs> in two years' time, hey. he might be going for like 40, 50 million. Yeah. But I mean, they, they've got. I, I know that. I know that it wasn't that long ago that they were bankrupt. But Dortmund are a big name. They do have a big stadium. They've got a big following. Like they, they. Yeah, they've got the foundations there. They can. They? they can exactly, and they. You know, they can. They can arguably afford to do what. Certainly, they're in a better position than certainly Leicester are, and, and you know, to an extent, not now, but Tottenham were five years ago. Not even that. Yeah. Ten. You know, ten years ago, five years ago. Um, you know, it's harder to do. You know, it's harder to, to. I don't think you could have Leicester justifying spending what is it, twenty-one million on a sixteen-year-old? Like you couldn't do that. It's Leicester. No. Um, but um, I tell you, like I'm the one, one guy. I'm really surprised that no one is is talking about, and in the sense that, like, he's not linked with anyone. And I think this is only good news for Leicester that he's not being not being praised. Is R Ricardo Pereira? Mm. Yeah. 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 Like. They're saying Chilwell's going for like seventy million, and Ricardo Pereira is twice the player Chilwell is. But it's it's a but it's only is, a good thing for Leicester that no one's praising him because I think left backs are hard to find though, aren't they? Because obviously left footed players are rarer to come across than right footed players anywhere. Yeah. So I mean, and I'd say right back. I don't know. Which their teams are pretty strong at right back. Yeah. I mean, who? Yeah. In terms well, of teams that can afford him anyway. I would argue that in terms of all round, oh God, yeah. I mean, there's there, there are there are good teams that have got strong right backs, I guess. He's and up. I'd, he's I'd up say there. left backs are weaker. I think uh, I'm more surprised they've not been linked with teams abroad. Yeah. Like yeah. Bayern or one of the top elite clubs, because I don't think there are as many. Maybe. I think that may be because he's English. He's not. Without sounding a bit. Ricky Portuguese. 
Oh, He's fuck, I'm thinking uh, about Menchil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm surprised, like, your clubs haven't been linked with Ricardo Pereira. Yeah. yeah he, is a, he is a very, very good player. I don't think it'll be long. Mm. But then, but then that, you know, I, I firmly believe that it's it's easy to do when you when you just got this conveyor belt of, of cheap players that you manage to find. But... Um, I think Leicester will be happy to, you know, they'll, you know, they'll get, they'll, they'll recognise that, yep, we should sell Chilwell. That's another sixty million. We'll and spend then left tackle. Yes, Soyuncu, and then he'll go for for forty million. They'll sell Madison for eighty million, and then, you know, that's the way. To, I guess that's the way to to build it. I think, I think that's just the way football is now. That everyone, every player has a price, and you sort of don't sort of coddle your players. You you know that with the right price, they're willing to go. It's just waiting for that price. I, I think yeah, so. I think, and then you I can think manage is, from yeah. there. Because yeah. as soon as Maguire left Leicester, they had signed to, you know, step up. Yeah, he had, you know, three or four games to kind of get used to first team, but Leicester... And he kicks I mean, out I mean, like I mean, a moron. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Harry Maguire wasn't necessarily missed, like, from Leicester. Like, I think... No. Harry, I think with Leicester, it's the system that they play that, that sells the player more than the individual player. Because like as soon as Maguire went to United, like even now I just think how's he a United player? Like you look at other great defenders that have played for United, like Vidic, and you think yeah. Vidic like, and six years time, six years like, time, and it'll come to like United are making their annual eighty million pounds <laughs> yeah. yeah. and they still haven't figured out that it's not actually the players. <laughs> yeah, but I think actually I think I definitely think with Leicester, I think the. The, the style in which they play benefits the um, the, per- the other clubs coming in and purchasing their players. They can turn mm. around and go, well, yeah, I mean, look at his stats this season. Da, 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 da. We're not selling him for this amount. We're going to put this price tag on him. Because then teams they, will... They don't work. They, they, they don't take anything less than what they want. No, they don't. They'll, yeah, they stand by the decision. Because they don't they need the money. They can keep that the was, money. Like, that was yeah. what I loved about the old... Um, Maguire thing. Uh, How about 50 yeah. million? No, yeah, I, yeah, they were like, yeah, fifty. We want fifty. Yeah, we want fifty million. Um, sorry, we'll give you fifty million now. We want eighty million. All right, go on then. Fifty-five, eighty, <laughs> eighty million. We're not. Uh, All right, go on six, eight, eighty million. And then didn't they end up spending like eighty-five? Yeah. I'm trem- so, I'm yeah, I don't know how they managed that. Like, oh, United, how much, how much is how much, how much is that? Oh, Harry Maguire is fifty million. So, oh, we'll eighty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and I think the same will happen with um, with Chua, like in the sense that they recognise that look, he's a good player, but it's English. If, to, yeah, English, but clubs will pay over the top yeah. with him. Will happily sell him. They've got who's that? That James, Chua, James Justin Portuguese. coming in at left back. Yeah, they're, they're introducing obviously they've got a few injuries, but they're introducing a lot of the youth that they're playing there. And I think Avi Barnes. Yeah, well, he's, yeah, he's looking like a good. good my Leicester fans, my Leicester fans, are convinced he's quality, and I haven't seen it yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's, he's, I think he's, quality, but I, he's, he's got a lot of space. Yeah, he just looks like a better, slightly better Mark Albrighton to me. But, um, but then you know, Mark Albrighton did a did a job. If you ever want someone to run down the wing, cut inside, and cross it, he is your man. <laughs> he can't pass, think, but he can do that. Do you well. think that the top managers will ever be enticed by a project of well, like, Newcastle being taken over, per se? But that's yeah, yeah. I mean, like, a, would it would like a a or I mean, Klopp's already managed there. But if if these are very sort of promising 
clubs that you know are well established they've got history why would they not be enticed to then go there then make them an established even more established european team that goes back to their glory days of winning the champions league back to back and winning the domestic league oh okay ac milan yeah and ac milan and dortmund i mean dortmund look at that model look at all these exciting prospects that they're, they're buying those are prospects that if you can hold on to them, yeah, you could be you could be dominating the league in Europe five ten but, years. But, but at the same time, you you I also think that like you look at them and you look at those prospects, and you think, there's no way they're going to hold on to them. But don't you think a Pep could hold on to them? Yeah, if, like you said, a manager with pedigree. Yeah, that's why that's that's what my my, my first point is all about. Like, but it's interesting that they're not enticed by those projects. We'll see. Yeah. Your managerial career is short, isn't it? If you can have three or four, like, as you say, it's a project, so it's probably a long-term thing. Um, and Egby, I spoke to you about this. I, I want to, you know, in the process of trying to construct an article before Miguel Delaney stole it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I'm still, still going to do it. But, um, yeah, about the, the fact that, like, you know, the managers have peaks and when the, and mm. the managerial careers only seem to last about 15 years, or certainly at the top. Um, and I guess... I, you know, I, I'm sure it is enticing to a lot of them, but then it's a risk, isn't it? If you go, if you drop down a peg and go and, you know, if you're Pep Guardiola and your next job is AC Milan, sure, it could be great fun, but at the same time, you know. Kind of risk and reward. Pep's won everything. He's, yeah, but yeah. I was, you know what? I was, as I was saying that, I was like, Pep's might be a bad example because that sort of thing could, you know, what else is there to do? Yeah. Um, but let's, you know. Or I think if you, if you look at like, say, Jude Bellingham though, Oh, he's 17 years old. He's not going to be in his what, prime years for like under 10 years. So would you want to start the like this this project now and then have to wait? I like, think so. I think look at Haaland. Haaland's 19. He's already looks, I know you're not a massive fan of us, but he looks like a good prospect. Jaden Sancho yeah. as well. These are players that are young, but because they've been exposed to first team football, they're playing at a higher level than their age would deem so. So I think it's exciting. Imagine if you win the Champions League when the average age of your team is like 20 slightly young. Yeah, 20, like, you'll be a legend. So yeah, it, yeah. it is a risk, but I think if if you've won everything, if you've already done so well as a manager and you've got such a high pedigree, I think it's worth taking a chance, just in the same way that you have managers who take chances on young players. Why not take a chance on a young team and bring them up and try and dominate Europe or establish yourself as a, a dominant force in, in football. If, um, if let's say, hypothetically, Guardiola were to go to Dortmund to take that team and, become, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Even with Guardiola there, do you think that would stop them from going to, I mean, I say it now because they're both so weak, but would it stop them from going to Barcelona or Real Madrid if they went for Haaland and Sancho and like that? I mean, yeah, it's, it's obviously tough. And like we said, every player has his price. But I think you're definitely going to be more likely to keep them if they know Pep Guardiola is coming into the squad. Yeah, sure. Everyone wants sure. to work with Pep. Like, everyone yeah, wants to use like Yeah, I think the best way to progress and like, develop your, like, your your game in football would be to work with Pep Guardiola. Hmm. I think they'd all know all that. They'd, they, I think anyone would jump at the idea, for, uh, jump at the chance for it. Yeah. So, you, so there'll be, I think there'll be a great chance for them staying if a, like, a Pep comes in. As, and we talked about as well, Barcelona aren't doing well, so... You might not want to go to them. Things are a bit uncertain there. Madrid, yeah, you probably will. They've just won. But even but, even Madrid, I know they're they're mm. obviously they're doing better at the moment than Barca. But I think they're the weakest they've been in a long mm. time as well. Like similar, 
and this is what I mean, those dominant teams, the dominant forces aren't so dominant anymore. So like so buying, maybe there's space to make a new powerhouse. Yeah, why not take a gamble and then try and exploit it and go in and mm. sort of like leap no, that's not the phrase. But yeah, just take over and overtake them in in the dominant forces of yeah. Europe. Yeah, someone I think should be brave enough to do it, right? Most managers probably... I think this is probably what I do on FM. That's why it's like exciting <laughs> projects with young teams. I yeah. want to try and make them the best team. So I, I'm surprised that the managers who have that high degree <laughs> aren't taking advantage of that and being like, this is an exciting project. I want to sink my teeth into it. I guess the good thing about FM is our livelihood doesn't depend on... <laughs> yeah, then, then the thing with FM when you've got a young team, though, is every time you lose, the newspaper will be like, oh, Ashley, Ashley O'Hara's youthful... Chatter. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more basic against yeah, the experience. Exactly. <laughs> you're a ge- yeah, you're a genius when you win stuff with that young team. Yeah. Like you're a bit naive when you. I mean, my Jaden Sancho, my Kai Havertz, and my Johnny Parrot, smacking. <laughs> <laughs> and then be like, oh, the oh similar, similar caliber players. players. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, the inexperienced Chatham Town Sundays, <laughs> beaten by this experienced Bournemouth side. I'm like, nah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's. I think it's, it, yeah, it's always contextual, isn't it? But I, I do think that it, it doesn't really matter what the situation is. If you're winning, you're going to get praise. If you're losing, you're going to get praise, even if you're doing things the right way or the wrong way. Like, um, you know, of course, if you're some sort of like wacky manager who comes in and no one really knows you and then you're playing a wacky system, of course, it's high risk that you're going to lose. Know, but Chelsea fans didn't like um, Sorry's way of playing football. He was getting results you finished third well he was and he wasn't i mean um carabao cup final yeah yeah i mean this is the this is the thing it's like well yeah uh yeah this is well no i i think i think last last season yeah you know i mean this last season wasn't so different from this season in terms of our our top and our bottom but i think that like last season, the, the the bad performances were bad, and the good performances were good but not amazing. I, I'd say the the best our best performances this year have been a lot more promising than than they were last year. And you know, I just don't think the players bought into his his way of doing yeah. things completely. You know, um, I don't know how we like I don't know how we managed to limp to third. We were we we were not everyone else around you was also terrible. <laughs> yeah, and like it's just the same. Like the same thing happened with Benitez when when he was in charge. Like he had a very mediocre season. We were in the title race when he started, and then he sort of limped to third, and then he won the Europa League, and everyone went, "Well, yeah, what are the Chelsea fans complaining about? You know, he's a good season on paper. Yes, he has, but <laughs> in actuality, if you watch the football, no." Uh, and same with Sarri. I mean, I wasn't massively against him, but um, yeah, not know. even was it like six 0 against uh, City. Six 0 against City. I mean, we lost like three. Know. Three nil to Bournemouth. A four nil to Bournemouth. Like there was a few. We, I know we beat you back quite. Yeah. It was just kind of like Pochettino just stuck a man on Jorginho, and no one else had thought to do it. Yeah. What is your um, view on the Chelsea culture of chopping and changing managers? Would you rather have a manager that does okay but has time to build or are you quite happy that you know you have short-term success and then you change and then you have another short-term manager and you change I mean of course you you, you want as a fan naturally you want longevity and stability mm-hmm. and all that stuff but 
for a long time, not so much recently, but for a long, long time, for the first sort of 10 years of Abramovich, you could not argue with, with the chopping and changing because it was like we'd win a title every other year or at least a big trophy. Yeah. Like, you know, as we're averaging a trophy a year and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think for I think for that sort of time it was probably right because he had a lot of ambition to just constantly be there and wasn't accepting of any other lower results. But ultimately, it had adverse effects, which I think we saw in the last few years when, um, you know, particularly after Mourinho left. And and I know Conte won the league, but ultimately, I think as I said as I said many times on this podcast, he won the league with a system rather than players. And I think we've suffered from a quite a mediocre squad for a long time and Hazard. Um, well, I don't think it, so should I think... Chair, so it should be regarded as having a chopping and changing of managerial position. I think it should be Watford giving off this one current season <laughs> that they've had. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Nigel is um, is a bit of a weirdo. No disrespect. Well, you you I, must be uh, an ostrich. You must be an ostrich. <laughs> um, so I think, and yeah, didn't he almost have a scrap with one of the players on the, when he strangled him on the ground? I, I don't know the full, the full ins and outs of it, but I know he fell out with the with the Watford chairman. So I'm, I think that's why. But still though, you let him see it out. The guy has <clears throat> brought the club up from what was it, three points off Norwich at bottom or whatever. Yeah. So actually, they're in a position where they could stay in the Premier League, like. Depends what he said. If he told yeah, him to, yeah. But regards to what he said or something, he's doing a job. Like do it at the end of the season. Don't, don't put him <laughs> now and then risk your team. But even if he, even if he told you he was going to sleep with your sister or something. Even if he said something like, "Oh, if we finish outside the relegation place, I get to bang your wife, mate." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd probably sack him. Yeah, then you send your wife on holiday somewhere. You don't. You just let the man do his business. Let the man do his business. You give your wife a couple of bodyguards and you and you I'm let him do his you the ostrich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just say, just nod your head to him and go, all right, and then just whatever he said, just prepare for. And then I mean, at the end of the season, fob him off, and then you, your team's still in the Premier League, or most likely would have still been in the Premier League. I mean. <laughs> I take, I take your point that Pearson definitely deserved to, you know, he deserves to keep his job uh, in the terms, in the sense of football sense. Um, and also, he doesn't deserve to be sacked. No one really deserves to be sacked when, you know, before the end of the season. But what, rightly or wrongly, I don't know what's happened, but obviously there's been some no. sort of falling out. If there's a falling out, then, the, you know, you're going to get rid. You're not just going to be polite and go, well, well you're going to be, you're going to be sacked, mate. Like, I, you know, I want to press charges against what you said. I want to sue you for defamation, but we'll wait to the end of the season because, you know, like... The club is more important than my problem with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, Watford are probably going to be... Who knows? But What do you guys think about managers getting sacked? Do you think that's right or wrong? In what sense? Like, I mean... Surely it shouldn't be just that easy. I mean, they still get paid team. out. If they get sacked before the contract's ended, then, you know, they still get a large wad of, yeah, of wedge of money. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're not out of pocket. If they, if they get sacked, by this, you know, there's still a contract that they have to honour. So they're like, all right, okay. It's just an early holiday. It just feels like in the actual world, I, I, I don't know, football and the actual world are two different things. Mm. But, like, legally and contractually, they aren't. I know what you mean. But it's still a job. It, feels it shouldn't be that... There's Quick a culture that's grown, isn't there? That's like, yeah, you know, if you if you have a bad, you know, half a half a year, then you can lose your job, and it's justified, and that seems kind of feels yeah. weird. But I think it's just, it, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's it's the correct culture, but it's the culture in football in the sense that the alternative is changing the players 
to get to get for something out and that's a lot more expensive so um i think that's why managers will will always go but as rose says there's a lot of protection for them in a way yeah like yeah. financially they're never going to be out of pocket but um but yeah it's just logistically i can sort of understand why that culture has grown because if you want you need quick change in football and the man changing one player one one person is a lot easier than changing 11 people yeah um so plus transfer windows and stuff there's no windows for managers that'd be interesting if there were windows for managers yeah and then, like yeah. you couldn't hire what like you'd have to get the, the assistant coach to do it or something or he's not been sacked as well yeah, we're gonna, yeah. They've how made much was Watford be paying in these like severance packages of managers? <laughs> a lot of them don't. They have it like if they get another job in the in the aftermath, then they don't. I know uh, Postino had that. Yeah, he yeah. said that he wasn't allowed to take another Premier League job this season, or else he'd have to pay back his. Um... So that's why he's waiting. <laughs> oh, he's, he's already passed. He's coming to be Frank's assistant. I get it. <laughs> Teach, teach Frank. No, he's, he's got to be Elsa's assistant next season. What are you on about? No, he's what? to be fair, he's studying under Bielsa. Mm, he's best mates with Bielsa. Bielsa was his manager when he used him to him. I know, that's what I mean. Him, him and Poch at Leeds, Jesus Christ. <laughs> doing a dual little. <laughs> Imagine double date. <laughs> See, I, I saw something quite funny. It was like, um, feel bad for uh, <laughs> Marcelo Bielsa's. Uh, Coaching staff because they're going to have to watch uh, every Burnley match since 2015. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> oh my God. I wonder why Lampard thinks of Bielsa coming to the Premier League. I'm going to spy on him again. Yeah. Oh, was it one of the chairmen? Yeah, he was out Oh my God. <laughs> Absolutely incredible with binoculars and a flag. Going, Ooh. Disguise. <laughs> oh, yeah. incredible! Don't, don't get me wrong, like it's it's going to be really fun having Leeds back, and you know they've not been in the prem. Well, like, it's going to be so but, entertaining. But this is it: they've not been in the prem for seventeen years, and they're already annoying. <laughs> you know what I mean, like they've not been relevant in life of the Premier League for that long. Like I've not, I was, a, I was what nine when they got relegated or something, and they're already annoying me. Fans are imagine, like irritating. Imagine if they get up and then they come they down the league, with man. a worse a worse point total than Derby's. Oh, than Derby's one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then Derby, Derby will be able will finally get the last laugh. Thank you very much for joining us and apologies to any Leeds United fans listening. We know how easily wound up you all are. Don't worry, we know. Uh, feel free to tune in next week where we'll be dishing out some slightly off-kilter end-of-season awards for the Premier League. And don't forget to drop us a like on our Twitter page at Edge of the Box Pod. See you next week. Cheerio.